Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. She said she came all the way out here to Las Vegas just to hear me. All right. Huh? <laughs> Praise God. But it's, it's good to be here tonight. You know, it's always amazing what God does in our lives. We have to realize that, you know, we have to look at our lives and what he's done in our lives what he's taking us out of. And it's all because of him calling us out to be rooted in him. Let our roots grow down into him, he says, and let our lives be built upon him. And that's what it's all about. It's all about knowing who our Lord and Savior is, Jesus Christ. It's all about knowing the Father. Amen. So... Tonight, I just open up in prayer before we get started. Father God, we just thank you and praise you, Lord God. Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, for calling us out, Lord God, to come here tonight, Lord God. Lord God, to hear your word, Lord God, and Lord God, the testimonies, Lord God, throughout our lifestyles, Lord God, and everything that you've done in our lives, Lord God. And Lord God, as you continue to show us where you want us to be at, Lord God, to be, Lord God, attentive to your to your word, Father God, and to hear your voice, Father God, and to know who you are, Father God, and help us, Lord God, to be rooted in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Tonight I want to start off, though, in the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verse 8. He says, Then a man... Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself, and I stopped there. One thing is that, here, we see man and woman, they're, they're in the garden, and here God is walking in the cool of the day, and he calls them out. So one thing we have to realize is, in each and every one of our lives, God has called us out. But one thing is that we have to understand that we have to hear his voice. We don't just listen. We have to listen and hear his voice. And the thing is, is that not only do we listen and hear his voice, but he's looking for a response in our lives too. All right? Just like Adam, here, he says, I heard you. I heard, I heard you walking. I heard you in the garden. But I hid myself. But he still responded, here I am, Lord. See, one thing God is looking for in our lives is that we have to respond and say, here I am. Because you know something? 
even though we're messed up, even though we're, where we're at in our lives, we still have to listen to God. And the thing is, is that a lot of times we don't want to hear from God. We don't want to be in His presence because we know that we messed up. Just like Adam, he knew he messed up. And, you know, we're not going to go in that area right now. But the thing is, I want to concentrate on the fact that we need to hear his voice. We need to listen. And we need to respond. Amen? Just like in the book of Exodus, chapter 3, 1 through 5, we're going to look at at Moses now. Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock as far as the side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb the mountain of God, where an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within the bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go and see this strange sight. Why is this bush not burning up? In verse 4, when the Lord saw that he was gone over to to look, God called him. From within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Again, we look at mankind responding to the call of God. We always need to hear his voice. If you don't know his voice, then you're not going to know how to answer. You're not going to know how to respond. But when you're listening and you have a tentative ear to hear his voice, you're going to know who the Lord is calling you. He's calling you, specifically you, each and every one of you. He's calling you out. Amen? But here, the fact is, is that here Moses is in a place that he's been for 40 years now since he left Egypt. But God had a plan for his life. God had a purpose for his life. But first of all, he had to get his attention. Like a lot of times, God has got our attention. Even when we were out there in the world, his hand was still upon our lives, even though we were messed up. You look back at your lives. You look back at what God has done in your life. You look back at what God has taken you out of. You look back at what God has changed you from who you were, what you were, what the things that you were doing, the things that you, you thought you could never end up, stop doing in your life. And here he touches your life, he changes you, and he transforms you, and he renews you, and he has a purpose for you. But here, Moses had to go and look further. And in verse 5, he says, Do not come closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground, Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Amen? Amen? A lot of times we're afraid to go before God. We're afraid to hear from God. We're afraid to listen to what he has to say to us. But the thing is, is that God is wanting to get our attention. God knows where we're at. God knows that we've messed up. God knows that here we look at Moses' life, and here he he ran from Egypt because he killed an Egyptian, and he ran away from Pharaoh because he feared for his life. But here God has a plan for each and every one of us. And the thing is, he's calling us. And he's wanting us to listen. Will you respond to the call that he's got upon your life? Each and every one of us has a purpose. 
each and every one of us has somewhere to go, something to do, something for the kingdom of God. We're here in this city, but what what are are we doing? What what has God called you to do in this city? What has God placed you here for? What purpose do you have? Have you even called on God? Have you even talked to God? See, the thing is, is that we're hearing from God. We're listening to Him. But He's wanting us to respond back to Him. Wanting us to communicate with Him. Wanting us to fellowship with Him. God created mankind in His own image, in His own likeness. Why? Because He wanted us to fellowship with Him. He wanted us to communicate with Him. He wanted us to sit down and sup with Him. He wanted us to have a cup of coffee in the morning. But what are we doing? What are we doing with our lives each and every day? Are we just running around doing our own thing? Are we just doing what we ever... what? we thought we wanted to do but the thing is is that God wanted his word inside of us his word inside of our hearts not just in our minds not just a a book knowledge not just a word knowledge but he wants it planted in our hearts so that we can have something inside of us that will help us to hear his voice but without the Lord inside of us without that relationship without that walk with him we can't hear him We can't hear what He wants to do in our lives. We can't study. We can't learn. We can't cope with what's going on in our lives. We don't understand what's going around in this world today. We don't understand all the chaos. We don't understand what's going on with the the crisis uh, over in Ukraine. We don't understand what's going on with the economy today. We don't understand what's going on with anything because we don't touch hold of God. We need to get a hold of God. We need to know what He wants us to do, what He has purpose for us. The problem what we have is that we have too much of the world inside of us and we don't have enough of God. We don't have enough of the Word of God in our lives. Oh, it's amazing. We can spend time uh, reading all kinds of articles and all kinds of books and listening to all kinds of other preachers and everything else, but we can't be here in, in a Wednesday night service. Yeah, maybe they'll catch it next week. Maybe they'll catch it the week after or the week after that. But the thing is, is that the people of God should be here. But they don't listen to God. They don't hear from God because they're out doing their own thing. What's more important to them is their world, what's in their world, what they're doing, their own thing. The thing is, is that God has called us out of the world. God has put us here. He has a plan and purpose for us here. Each and every one of us are not from Las Vegas. How many actually were raised and born here in Las Vegas? Anybody? One person. One person. And he can't even get away. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's the problem. It's, we got too much of the world inside of us, and we want to hold on to all that stuff and all that garbage. And God's Word is trying to do is take it out of us, get rid of it, help us to clean What's inside of us? Help us to clean our hearts, to clean our minds, and, and to brain. My mom told me when I got saved, they're brainwashing you. I said my brain needed to be washed. It had so much garbage in there, so much religion in there, so much cult in there, so much drugs and alcohol in there that I was messed up. But here, that's the problem. We. We get caught up in our lifestyle. We get caught up in, in religion. We get caught up in the things that we're, we're constantly doing day in and day out. And just like in the book of Acts, chapter 22, 1 through 3, here we look at Saul. Saul, his name's now called Paul. 
but he's testifying of, about his life here. He says, brothers and fathers, listen now to my defense. And when they heard that he was speaking in Aramaic, they became very quiet. Then Paul said, I'm a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, brought up in this city. And I stuttered, now it's gone. I studied under Gamaliel, and I was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you today. I persecuted the followers of this way for their death, arresting both men, women, and throwing them into prison. As the high priests and all the council can themselves testify, I even obtained letters from them and their associates in Damascus and went to bring them, these people, as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. Amen? Here, we look at Paul. But here, before he was Paul, his name was Saul. And the thing is, is that he was taking letters and documents in order to put people, men and women, into prison or beating them or seeing that they put to death. Why? Because he was brought up in religion. He was taught that with the, about God. He was taught about the Word of God. But he didn't know God. He didn't walk with God. He didn't see what God wanted him to see. Instead, he thought he was doing God a favor by persecuting his people, the believers. And they called it the way, the men and women that were following Christ Jesus, that were testifying about what Jesus had done in their lives. And here he's persecuting them, bringing them to prison on his way to Damascus, with letters. Now let's go back to the book of Acts chapter 9, verses 3 through 6. And meanwhile, Saul, as he was breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples, he went to the high priest and asked them for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, as so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether man or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. So he neared Damascus on his journey. Suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who, in verse 5 he says, Who are you, Lord? Saul answered. Amen. He asked, Who are you? And the thing is, it's amazing. He goes, Who are you, Lord? He didn't just say, Who are you? Who, who is this? Who am I talking to? No, see, when God gets your attention, you know that it's Him. You know who you're talking to. You know that you have a, an audience with the Lord God, your Savior, your, your provider, your, your, your everything. You know that He is above everything else. And here, he's, and, and it continues on, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, He replied, so now get up and go to the city, and it will be told you what you must do. And here, first of all, you have to realize, Saul, he's hearing his voice, and he responds, because he wants to know what's going on. He wants to know what's going on. And he says, Jesus says, you're persecuting me. Here he's putting men and women, but Jesus said, you're persecuting me. 
See, when what happens was what he was so caught up in religion, he thought he was doing God a favor, but he was persecuting the same people that God was changing you. That's each and every one of you. That's what happens when religion gets caught up not knowing who God is. Religion, think, their, their way of thought is, I'm going to reach God my way, and they end up on the byway. Because they're always on the wrong road. He said there's many roads out there, but they're always on the wrong road. Always. He says in Matthew 7, 13 through 14, is enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter there through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Amen? Here, here's, that's what the problem is, is that when we were out there in the world, we were always on the, all the wrong roads. And not any of them were leading us into the kingdom of God. Religion won't get you into the kingdom of God. God is wanting you to know that a relationship with Him will get you into the kingdom of God. It's not just having a not just confessing that He's your Lord and Savior, but living daily for Him. Denying yourself, He says. Picking up your cross and following Him. Following Him. Knowing Him. Getting rooted in Him. Having fellowship with Him. Here Adam had a choice. And he, here he messed it up. But here God showed him the way out from his sin. God covered that. Back in the garden, God covered his sin through a sacrifice. But here, we're here today. God covers your sin through a sacrifice still, through Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, by the blood of Jesus Christ that is what washed us and cleansed us and set us freed and healed us and delivered us and changed our lives and helped us to get on the right road, the narrow road that leads into the kingdom of God. But a lot of us, a lot of times we don't, we don't want to get on the right road. We don't want to get on the right track. We don't want to hear from God. We don't want to listen to what He has to tell us. We don't want to open up our Bibles and read the Word of God anymore. We want to just hear what we hear preaching on the radio or on a TV or, or maybe sometimes we'll listen to the preaching once in a while uh, when we come to the church. But the thing is, is that that's not good enough. God says, you need to have a relationship with me daily. You need to deny yourself daily. You need to pick up your cross daily. He didn't say once in a while, maybe in a blue moon. I don't know. I've never seen a blue moon yet. But one time we went out into the woods, into the wilderness, and somebody said, there's going to be a blue moon tonight. We went out there, and all we did was get spooked by ourselves. <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun. But the thing is, we need to get to understand something. We need to understand the fact that here, we, you know, what we really need is we need to look back at when we first got saved. We, we, need, we need to get back to that first love. We need to understand what God has done in our lives. We need to realize that God has changed us and delivered us and given us hope that we didn't have before. We need to realize that, hey, you know, I wasn't the way I am now back then. 
If I, I was the way I am now back then, I didn't need Jesus. But I needed Jesus. People said, oh, back, back in those days when I got saved, oh, Jesus is just a crutch. Well, then we're, our response was that, well, then you better give me two crutches because I want more of him. Come on. Because you know something? When I accepted Jesus Christ in my life, my life changed that very day. My life changed that very hour. I got delivered that very hour. Pastors testified. I have testified. Others have testified in here what God has done in your lives that very day that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you can't deny that there is no God. The world don't want to hear about God. The world wants to shut their ears to God. The world wants to have you to believe what they want you to believe. Scientists want you to believe what they want you to believe. They say that millions and millions, they found a footprint and say, oh, it's 30-some million years old. I would like to ask you, prove it. I'm tired of listening to the garbage that the world wants you to listen to. See, that's the problem with mankind. That's the problem with the church. We listen to too much of the world out there, and we don't listen to the Word of God. God wants to change us. God wants to transform us. He's done something miraculous in our lives, and here we won't even respond to what He's done in our lives. We won't let our neighbors know what He's done in our lives. We won't share our testimony. We won't tell anybody, Hey, I'm a Christian. Do they know who you are? Does your family know who you are? My family stays away from me because of who I am. But that's okay. That's all right. I'll still tell them about Jesus. They, they can run. They can hide. But guess what? God's the one that finds you. God's the one that calls you out. God's the one that he's going to want you to hear his voice. See, one thing is that they don't understand that, that, that our Father, our God, the one that loves us is a forgiving Father. The reason why we, a lot of times we don't come before Him. A lot of times, like even Adam, he could have not answered God. But because of his sin, he, he realized where he was at. He realized the state of mind that he was in. But one thing that he realized that when he was in an audience with God, he knew that in, in front of God, and when he was confronted by God, that he had to respond. He had to answer for what he had done. And you can blame anybody else for who you are, but you are who you are by what you do, what you are, what you say you are. I like Pastor Maria. I, I posted it uh, the other day. She said, if I can remember, if I say it right, it says, what you have is who you are. And if you have Christ, that's who you are. But if you don't have enough of Jesus inside of you, then who are you? Who are you telling people you are? What do you say you are? What do you believe you are? A lot of times we fall back into our old lives, into our old nature. And we look at, 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 at um, I think I missed the scripture here. Yep, I did. Matthew 14, verse 25 through 30. It says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to, to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried for fear. 
But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. In verse 29, Jesus' response, Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to see, cried out, Lord, save me. But one thing is that here we see Peter's walking on the water. He got out. He had faith enough to get out of the boat and to walk on the water, and that's exactly what he was doing. But once he got his eyes off of the Lord, once he's got his eyes off of what God wanted to do in his life and start focusing on the fear of the wind, he, he started to sink. He started to fall. He started to do his own thing again. He started to realize, well, maybe I'll just go back into the world. Maybe I'll just do my own thing. But see, he responded. He said, Jesus, save me. See, a lot of times when we're in trouble, a lot of times when we're sinking, a lot of times when we're in sin, we don't call on Jesus when we know that he can help us, when you know that he can forgive you, when he knows that he can pick you up. But yet we want to stay where we're at. We won't call upon Him. We won't ask Him to do anything for us. I don't know about you, but every day is a day that Jesus does something great in our lives. And here we don't even respond. When we come to church, we don't be thankful. We don't be grateful. We don't praise Him and, and glorify Him for what He's done in our lives. This is what the worship team does. You know, if we, we need to grab a hold of what they have and understand the reason why they worship the way they do is because there's a relationship that they have with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and they know the Father and they walk with God and they have fellowship with Him and they break bread with Him and they know what He can do in your life. Amen? See, we need to continue to walk with God. God is wanting you to know and ask, asking you this, will you walk with me? Will you walk with me? In 2 Kings, I'm going to finish with this last scriptures. And I say scriptures because I'm going to read 2 Kings 2. Amen. Verse 1 through 14. And it's talking about Elijah taking up to heaven. It says, when the, when the Lord was about to take Elijah... Up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elijah were on their way to Gilgal. Elijah said to Elijah, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elijah said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And the company of prophets in Bethel came out to Elijah and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know. Elijah replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, Elijah. And the Lord said to, has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. And the company of prophets at Jericho went to Elijah and asked him, do you not know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to Jordan. 
And he replied, Surely as the Lord lives and you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Verse 7, Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah, Elijah and Elijah had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Verse 9, when they had crossed, Elijah, Elijah said to Elijah, Tell me, what do you want? What can I do for you before I go, before I'm taken to you from you? And he says, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elijah replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. Verse 11, as they were walking along and talking together, Suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and, and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. And Elijah saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. And Elijah saw him no more. Then he took both hold of his garment and tore it in two. And Elijah then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. Then when he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. And I finish right there. Amen. Here, when you're walking with God, and we look at these two men of God, and here we see Elijah trying to tell Elijah to stay behind, stay behind, stay behind. He says, surely as you live and surely as God lives, I will not. See, if you really want to have a relationship with God, you have to be like this exampleship. I'm not going to stay behind. I want what you have, he says. Not only do I want what you have, but I want a double portion of what you have. Not only do I want the fire that you have, but I want it to be more than enough. See, a lot of a lot of times our problem is we don't want anything to do with God. We don't want to walk with God. Because, see, the problem is that when we're walking with God, we know that it's going to cost us something. We know that God's going to call us out. We know that we need to listen and we need to hear His voice. And we need to be doing what He's called us to do. Amen? And that is to be an example of Jesus Christ. To be an example of what He's done in our lives. To be a testimony of what He's done and how He's changed us and how He's transformed us and how He's restored us and how He's given us hope and given us life. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.